0: it's wednesday the 23rd 1st of april and welcome to the breakfast show i'm your host mark anthony and yes sadly the beard has gone at least for now uh, believe it or not this is our 40th episode and they said it wouldn't last we'll get to those all-important headlines in just a second but first but first when i find the right banner to put on the screen we need to address those celebrity birthdays the very musical theme to today's birthday roundup Uh, It's happy birthday to Iggy Pop, to The Cure frontman, Robert Smith, and to Madness songwriter and piano man, Mike Barson, uh, all three are regular viewers of The Breakfast Show. So many happy returns, gentlemen. Oh, and a happy birthday also to uh, JCB's Paul Murray. Uh, Regular viewers will know that Paul is something of a regular on our Construction Collective uh, shows. So many happy returns to you, Paul, as well. We'll be right back after this. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting us. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash demolition news. Now it's almost four years since the Grenfell Tower disaster that claimed the lives of 72 people, but still the machinations roll on. As you'll be aware, the government's called for the removal of external cladding on buildings across the UK, as this was found to be a contributory factor in the escalation and severity of the fire. However, according to a new report in the Construction Inquirer, the true cost of the National Fire Safety Recladding Project is around 10 times higher than the government's allocated funding. The government has set aside £5, million, five billion pounds, sorry, for cladding remediation works, but this falls woefully short of the £50 billion estimate Colmore Tang Construction believes is needed to make every high-rise housing development compliant. The firm has apparently uh, priced remedial projects on over 20 developments in Leeds, Liverpool and Manchester. It found that the average cost of these works to be around 4.65 million for buildings above 18 metres and 2 million uh, pounds for buildings between 11 and 18 metres in height. According to government figures, Around 5,000 buildings over 18 meters require remedial works, while around 35,000, uh, 11 to 18 meter buildings also fall into this category. According to Colmore Tang's pricing, this would bring the total to around 25 billion for buildings over 18 million, uh, over 18 meters, sorry, and 70 billion for buildings between 11 and 18 meters. You can read the full report over on our Construction Inquirer today. Now, are you an experienced and card carrying demolition excavator operator? Then, West Midlands based EDR wants to hear from you. The company is on the expansion trail and is seeking demolition excavator operatives for positions worldwide. Uh, If this is. uh, worldwide let's try nationwide Uh, if this is of interest you can find out more over at uk demolition jobs on facebook and on linkedin as well and good luck with uh, the new role whoever gets the gig according to those fine folks over at market intelligence provider the builders conference 4.5 million pounds has been set aside for the construction of a new warehouse at guinness road at trafford park in manchester But first, the former Mac Access building will need to be demolished, and at the time of broadcast, a demolition contractor has yet to be appointed. You can find out more about this project and many more besides by visiting buildersconference.co.uk. Now, if you were watching yesterday, you will know that we mentioned the prosecution of Bradley demolition over an incident involving an Access platform. That incident apparently led to a worker being trapped by the neck between the cherry picker from which he was working and the roof truss of a building. This left the man with life-changing injuries and resulted in a fine of some £200,000 being handed down. Now, all of that is in black and white on the HSE website. It's also on demolitionnews.com. But while I wouldn't want to detract from the injuries sustained by the man, it's what's not being said that I find most interesting. First of all, there is a time that it's taken to prosecute um, this incident. The incident itself happened back in uh, 2017 and has only just made it through the courts. Now, without wishing to oversimplify things, surely this was an open and shut case. One man, one cherry picker. Just how much investigation did that actually require? According to the HSE report, uh, The risk assessment did not sufficiently identify the entrapment hazard and there was no effective communication with the banksmen on the ground. An inadequate plan uh, led to the operator being trapped for a sustained period of time. Now, assuming that the RAMs and work plan were in writing, all of that should have been evident in a matter of minutes, yet it took almost four years to come to court. Now that is looking backwards, but what about looking forwards? As we've reported previously, the International Powered Access Federation, or IPAF as uh, as they're known for short, sure, uh, IPAF has established a system whereby incidents, accidents and near misses are logged centrally and are then used to inform training. It's likely that this incident involving Bradley demolition will form the basis of new guidance within the powered access industry. But here in the demolition sector, where the accident actually occurred, that seems far less likely. Previous attempts at creating a central database of accidents and near misses have failed, despite the best efforts of Richard Dolman, the incumbent president of the Institute of the Demolition Engineers. So while the powered access industry will use the latest incident as a learning opportunity, in all likelihood, the demolition demolition industry will not. Access platforms are in regular use within the demolition sector for tasks such as removing roof sheets. They will be in use on sites up and down the country today and tomorrow, next week and next month. The Bradley demolition incident has left one man requiring lifelong care, and that's bad enough. But the thought that the industry is failing to learn from these past mistakes, that's far, far worse. Right, it's another packed day for me. I have a Zoom meeting in just about an hour and I'm supposed to be taking part in an online product launch uh, with the good folks over at Manitou uh, later this afternoon, so I will have to love you and leave you. However, before I go, um, I want to give you a quick glimpse of a photograph uh, <clears throat> from our loyal viewer, Kenneth Hatcher, who visited JCB yesterday, get behind the wheels of a new JCB backhoe loader. Uh, you might recall that we featured these very backos on a recent Construction Collective show uh, if you missed it I will add a link to the extended show notes uh, for today's uh, episode. I must admit, I am more than a little envious. Uh, there's a good many things that I like about the job that I do for a living, uh, but a visit to JCB is, is right up there among my favorites. Uh, they're hugely welcoming and helpful and touch, take such great care of their guests. So I'm, I'm sure Ken and the other guys had a great time up there. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to the JCB World Headquarters myself just as soon as lockdown restrictions allow. Right, enough of all this, um, and I've forgotten to take the banner off the screen, which my son will shout at me loudly about. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for taking part. I will see you all again 10 a.m. tomorrow, uh, hopefully with news of these new manitou machines that I'm going to be seeing this afternoon. Till then, have a great day. Stay safe. Look after yourself, your family, your friends, and your colleagues, and I'll be back for The breakfast Show, episode 41, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Thanks for watching.